0: Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slifani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back everybody to the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host Dr. Michael Sclifani. and today I'm joined by Alyssa McCauley, who's the community store leader for Fit Life Foods over by UTC. So thanks so much Alyssa for coming aboard the podcast and for taking the time right before Thanksgiving to chat with us a little bit more about your life and everything you got going on with Fit Life. So let's um let's break it down a little bit and tell us a little bit about your own personal background. Give us some background information about Who you are, where you come from, who's your daddy, what does your daddy do, and all that stuff.
1: (laughs) I don't know if we want to get into that, but... um, It's
0: a kindergarten cop reference, so...
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I almost said the most inappropriate quote just then from that movie. We're going to move right on. It's not a Tuma. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, well, I guess to start, I'm a Buckeye, born born and bred. I went to Ohio State. Uh, My degree was actually a liberal arts degree with a minor in psychology so
0: wide open then
1: What yeah I could pretty much do anything <laughs> I mean my I went specifically for photography was what I did I didn't um, know that okay but I never declared the specialty so it was just it's basically an arts degree Sure you know a whole lot of nothing but anyway it's okay I, my experience in school was actually with um fashion photography I worked for a high-end jewelry store in Columbus for a lot of years, and then helped them with their marketing. And so I got a background there with marketing with a, a gal who was outstanding in the industry. Um, and I was really lucky to be able to, to be a, a liaison between she and the art director for the store, uh, for a four-market store <laughs> stores, I That's guess.
0: awesome. Yeah. That's great. So then um, where'd you go after Columbus? Because you're originally from Columbus, and then you stayed in Columbus for Ohio State. And then what'd you do after graduation? Where'd you go next?
1: So I ended up... Um, Because I had been in health and wellness, after I left Ohio State and I left the jewelry store, I started working for Lululemon. um, And I was there for a couple of years. I helped open one of the stores in Columbus. Uh, Turns out, I found, I was in this time of my life, I had been doing bodybuilding and I had been doing training for a triathlon and I had done all this fun stuff in college. And I broke my foot bodybuilding at my last bodybuilding competition. And then decided, I was like, I, you know what? It's time for a change. Uh, the only place I've ever wanted to live was in Florida and near Siesta Key because it was where I grew up going on vacation. And I said, well, it's, I'm never going to have a better time than right now. All I had was my student loans to pay off. I was actually credit card debt free, everything nice. debt free. And I said, okay, I had like maybe $400 in my bank account, but I was, let's do this. And I called the Lululemon down in Sarasota. Uh, her, turns out they were opening the one at UTC.
0: Oh, wow. That's a good throwback then.
1: Yeah. So I, yeah. So I was really excited and I said, Hey, so I have experience opening a store. I want to get a promotion. I think you would be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't <laughs> hire me.
0: <laughs> That's and such a great Indeed resume builder. Response, I know. I know. Right?
1: I've been practicing that. <laughs> yeah. i practicing that. But I, so anyway, I've been, I'm still really good friends with the two people I had the interview with, uh, interviews with to come down here. They're amazing. But the interviews were supposed to be 30 minutes and they were an hour.
0: Oh, of course. Each, yeah,
1: yeah, on the phone. We got on like peas and carrots. So alas, here I am. I moved down here, helped open the store at UTC, Um, sort of made myself a specialist in being what I tried to coin as the back of house store opening specialist. Turns out I was... Uh, I kind had a knack for organizing high volume stores, so I took all the inventory they had in the back and uh, had efficient ways to move it, to store it, um, and I started helping helping open stores across the state sure. um, and teaching them the process. To That's to awesome. streamline good it. for
0: you. So you, now you're able to take something that you had never really done before, and now you actually are creating processes to help other stores do it for, which yeah, is really I, cool.
1: I almost got them to make the title, to make it official. Really? We called it the BOSOS <laughs> because if you put it all together. <laughs> and uh, I had the regional manager, area manager. Everybody thought it was great. Yeah. Nobody made it stick.
0: Oh, okay. So now Sorry. you're down here in um, in Sarasota area. Let's back up a little bit because you have an awesome uh, fitness resume too. So um, you have a history in gymnastics. So. Let's chat briefly before we talk about your life in Florida. Let's talk briefly about what your gymnastics background is like. Because when did you start gymnastics?
1: So I started gymnastics when I was really little. I took a brief hiatus. I started when I was like five years old, recreationally. Took a hiatus.
0: Okay. I Are you I, tired but, of jumping in the foam pit? Is no, I loved it. I, yeah. If it was,
1: had been up to me, I would have stayed in gymnastics forever.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I'm not sure why my parents took me out. But my I was nine years old. And my best friend was at gymnastics, and I was watching her one day when my parents were working out.
0: Mm -hmm. And I looked
1: at everything they were doing and said, I can do that. I can do that. And I asked my mom. She put me in class. Well, this is going to shock you. I was not the best.
0: I wasn't. (laughs) And I
1: could do some of it. Um, But the head coach said to my mom, and we we talked about this recently, uh, well, relatively recently, she said, she's a natural She's got natural talent and you need, she needs, I want her on the team. Well, I'd only been in the recreational program for like five months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nine years old, hadn't done gymnastics since I was five and they're putting me in team. So my first year, you can imagine I was, I was winning everything. I won nothing. I was getting fours, four out of 10 on, you know, on all the events and I thought I I was devastated because I went in there thinking I was going to win it all because, you know, that's how they made me seem. And finally, I learned, you know, I had to kick up my work ethic because even though I was a natural and I had the awareness and everything, I wasn't strong enough. And I just needed a year under my belt. After that, things kicked off for me. The next year, I won all around almost every competition in my age group or, yeah, yeah, we had age groups. Um, And I progressed really quickly from there.
0: Gymnastics is such a cool sport because it teaches you all that discipline. Like, it's a team sport but it's also pretty highly individualized you know what i mean like your routine comes down to you right you don't get to pass the ball or hand the ball off to anybody else it's like you are front and center and that routine you have to own that routine right
1: yeah and what's nice about it is and and i tell everybody they should have their kids in gymnastics at some point because it teaches intrinsic motivation
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: you are responsible for an overall team score um, but ultimately you are responsible for you. And if, if you don't do well, then you have one person to blame. Uh, yeah. um, so that's what's so, I mean, it's great. And so you see people either do really well or they find out it's not for them because they can't keep finding the motivation to do it. Cause they're not, uh, either the losses are too much for them or the, you know, them not being successful, whatever it is, they don't, it doesn't make them try harder. It makes them
0: yeah, they kind fall to the it. wayside a little bit. And yeah. then, you know what? I also think too, like not just the motivation part, but I think later on for all the other athletics that you that you end up doing as an adult, it teaches you that body awareness too, which I'm like, right. that is key because <laughs> then the last thing you want is to be like a 35, 40-year-old klutz that can't like tie their shoes and walk. You know? I'm still that. Yeah. No, I'm 100% <laughs> Even that. Even with all the... How long did you do gymnastics for then?
1: Uh, I competed for eight
0: years. Okay. Um, so I, I had, had a back
1: in, I had a back injury that took me out okay. when I was uh, 16 and a
0: half. Oh, so this was high school age that yeah. you were Yeah, so competing. when
1: I was a level eight uh, mm. optional gymnast, so it, level 10 is elite.
0: Right. Um, and I
1: was a level eight, and I was doing a skill on bars. I was the tallest, so they wouldn't adjust the low bar for me, so it was too short. And I was doing a skill release move over the bar where um, you have to keep your legs in front of you. It's hard to create a visual talking about it mm-hmm. but instead of pulling my legs up high in a straddle and keeping them in front of me because my butt would hit the ground i would oh. leave my legs behind me and i slammed my hips into the ground and would drag them through to keep the contin- the continuity of the routine going right um and i ended up giving myself i fractured my l3 doing that and it was it got to the point where i couldn't Yeah, it took me out. They said, basically, you have one option. You can either sit, stand, eat, and walk. You're not doing anything else in between for the next six months.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a tough thing to tell a kid, too. You know, even though you're 16, you're still a kid, right? You still want to, like, interact with your peers, hang out. Like, you don't just get a chance to, like, sit at a desk all day and and work as an accountant, right? You still need to be able to, like do some fun stuff with your friends. Right.
1: Right. And it wasn't like I was taking myself to the gym to go work out every day too. you know, like to work through this. I did do rehab, you know, PT or rehab, but I didn't, Mm. it it wasn't the same then as it is now. There's a lot, I think there's a lot more options available to kids now.
0: Yeah. It's, um, um, it's, we didn't know a whole lot. If you were 16. Yeah. At that time, you know, as, as unfortunate as it is for those of you that know who Larry Nassar is and everything that went down with USA Gymnastics, that is totally separate from what I'm about to say, but when I was in residency, we actually read a lot of Larry Nasser's papers because at Michigan State and with some of his other involvement at with USA Gymnastics, he was like the godfather of gymnastic spine because spine injuries are so common right. in gymnasts, right? And so I actually learned a lot from a lot of his studies and papers that he published. So yeah, at that time, he was not very well known at that time for... His gymnastics stuff and his other stuff. Right, so, his, yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the uh, controversies.
0: Yes, oh. yes. So at 16 and a half, you kind of bow out from gymnastics then. And then um, what you end up doing during college? Like were you active with like, you know, just Globo Gym stuff? Or what did you end up doing? For, or were you doing beer curls? Or what was your about
1: <sighs> I started with beer curls. Yeah. And uh, no, I so I tried out for the OSU cheerleading team at one point.
0: Did you? But it had
1: been, so I had been so removed from gymnastics that I, I crawled out of the tryout. <laughs> That's how sore and tired my legs were from the tumbling, the standing tumbling. Because yeah. I could still do a lot of it. It was ugly. Yeah. It was ugly. But I could do it. And I fi- I did. I crawled out of my hands and knees. The guy I was dating at the time actually came to carry me out of there because oh I-, I was just so beat up from all this, the tumbling. It was bad. Yeah. Um, but what I ended up getting in, uh, I think it was about my second year in school, is running. Oh, so nice. I, was, I had to think to myself, I was like, what can I do on the cheap,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: And so, you know, I didn't know then that you're not supposed to wear one pair of shoes all year <laughs> when you're running. <laughs> yeah. So I probably have some damage to my knees that yeah. could have been avoided, but it's okay. Uh, so I did that, and then I was where I started doing Globo stuff. So we had yeah. a s- awesome – I don't know if you've ever seen the RPAC mm-hmm. at Ohio State. Oh, my gosh. What, like, it's
0: like the mecca of – It's like
1: four stories. There's a track. I mean – You have everything. So, I actually trained. I started, I taught myself how to train for a triathlon too indoors. Okay. At RPAC because they have the swimming center, they have the aquatic center. And then I would just jump out, dry off really quick, run to a bike, Uh and then go on the track. So, that's awesome. Yeah. That's how I taught myself to do a sprint triathlon.
0: Uh, You know what? It still counts, right? (laughs) There are still people that are couched to 5Kers. So, the fact that you're adding a 5K at the end, because what is a sprint is, 800 meter swim it's and then a 5k
1: a, or is it a 5k uh yeah it's a very it do, and sometimes sprints are different so yeah. their, di- their distances are different i don't remember what i can't remember because i it did was sprint now. triathlons think in college
0: too and they were i want to say it was like eight or nine hundred meter swim and then it was like a what 13, 20, 20 i
1: think it was a 20 mile bike for the one i
0: did yeah and then like a 5k run at the end so yeah. 3.1 miles so they're fun like they're like what maybe hour and a half ish timeline and they're like they're fun to do you get a little bit you're not running for an entire hour and a half like you would for like a half marathon so right. it kind of breaks it up a little bit so
1: it it is that there's it's not as monotonous no that's for sure and it's kind yeah. of exciting I, at this particular one i had a couple friends doing it and my stepmom was in it
0: oh cool yeah
1: so that was a lot of fun too yeah
0: so then um and then of course then after graduation then you ended up moving down to, to Key. Um, but you had mentioned that you had a foot injury. When did you start doing, you were doing physique compet- uh, competitions, right? So
1: what I did is like after, um, so I, I ran and I trained. So in that time, I did a ton of 5Ks, trained myself up to a marathon. Oh, um, wow. After that, my knees were a little bit bad. My ITBs were so tight. and It was because I was overdeveloped in one area and I knew it. And so uh-huh. I ended up switching it. A friend of mine happened to comment. I started working at 11 at this time. And a friend of mine who I worked with, she's like, you have a great back for bodybuilding because I have a huge V taper from being a gymnast, right? That used to make me super self-conscious, but then it being recognized as a, like an asset for something different. I was like that let's do that.
0: Absolutely. So
1: it, being me, what I do is I try to find the best in the industry. Like, who am I going to train with? She goes, well, come train with my trainer, Mike I said, okay, well, Mike is, he was one of the top trainers in the industry, for a long time and, and i would still say he's probably one of the top um training a lot of the number one fitness competitors so i, I ended up going to the fitness arena because it incorporates gymnastics
0: oh, strength nice.
1: um kind of plyometric stuff you have a gymnastics routine mm-hmm. um and you do the physique part of it right so you actually what are the the posing mm-hmm. yeah you do the posing in a routine and that's part of your score you get a two-part score
0: sure so, did you like that training though? Did you like that style? I did.
1: I liked his because he had boot camps, and um, this is, and this is—you'll start to see like a segue here. Um, doing his boot camps, I did them twice a week. I loved the hyperactive, high-intensity workouts, and I liked the challenge because you could push yourself in those th- as much as you wanted to. Sure. Around that time, probably about my second year in competing in bodybuilding, um, I got introduced to CrossFit, hmm. and. Then a, a love emerged from there because it was the perfect marriage of this kind of boot camp style workout with my gymnastic skills, and mm-hmm. from then on it just went up and up.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, I think a lot of people found CrossFit for that kind of same thing. Like it was every it's kind of like uh, the people that do CrossFit. It seemed like all roads seemed to kind of eventually lead them down, whether they were a runner that was cross training in the gym yeah. and then found fell in love with like boot camp or like hit and st- hit style training or whether they came from the seek or powerlifting or weightlifting background. Right. So that's awesome. So did you, where did you start doing CrossFit at? Was this up in Columbus or were you down here? It was
1: up in Columbus. So actually okay. the gym that Christy Aramo owns no way. is the gym that I started at. Uh, so there was a couple, there was a different owner before her who wow. um, Heather Walsh. I don't know if you ever uh, she and Josh Bridges dated a long time ago. Okay. They were together for a long time, but opposite coast, so it was not anymore. Uh, yeah. she was an OSU volleyball player and she uh-huh. ended up getting it across, so it got really good
0: uh-huh. there for
1: a while around the Graham Holmberg era. I don't yeah. Know if you remember all that, because he's also from Columbus. Yeah. Um and then there was a couple owners around the time that was when I was working at Lululemon. Okay. So I got to I got the chance to meet them but then pretty shortly after I ended up moving to Florida. Okay. So bodybuilding came to an end the crossfit here and I came down here and I was like, well, I tried to get into bodybuilding and it's a little it was a little different down here. Mm-hmm. Like the, for instance the one show I did came in good. I came in pretty good. Maybe a little little softer than I should have been, but I won the open. Like I won the oh, wow. sorry, I won the novice open okay and then competed against the same girls for the the class for my actual height class Mm -hmm. same girls and i got second place
0: yeah it was very weird political thing i
1: it must have been like this girl this random girl can't come in and win both of them and from that point on i went you know what i just don't care that much anymore. I just don't care like I've not about my physique or anything like that but I don't have to prove to anybody anymore that I'm capable of getting in really good shape I did it for like 3 years
0: you know what you get to check the box too and you know there are some people so I did I did one bodybuilding show and just to ch- kind of check the box. It's a lot like pageantry. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it is. You're literally, you're training and then you diet down and then you just basically look pretty. And at least the, the fitness component has a, um, has the routine that's a little bit more right. aerobatic <laughs> gymnastics oriented in addition to the posing. But yeah, after a while, you're like, all right, what am I doing this for? Right. At least. The one good thing, though, that comes out of those physique competitions is it'll teach you a lot of discipline and kind right. of like, like you said, intrinsic motivation, but also start the body positive forward movement, right? So like, you mentioned that your wider back that tapers down used to be kind of a sore spot for you, but now it's something that's celebrated and actually admired. And I think that there's there's some... Uh, really great things that come from the physique competition world. But then when you transition to bodybuilding or to CrossFit, I mean, it's so funny because then nobody cares what you look like. Now they only care what your body can do. Yeah, what it's
1: capable of. Yeah,
0: exactly. So it doesn't matter if you're like – if you have a V taper or you're just like a straight rail, right? If you're still flying on the rig and you're still running and you're still able to do Olympic weightlifting and kind of you know hit all the different nine, seven fundamentals that are part of CrossFit – Nobody cares what you actually look like. I mean, to a certain degree. Well, so, and
1: and the part of it is, is like, I think everybody is bonded because of your will to try to all yes. of it. You know, to keep working through, and even if you're scaling, you're still
0: mm-hmm.
1: working just as hard as. The games athlete you're just scaling down from what they're doing exactly so it's kind of like everybody's on the same playing field even if you're not doing the same thing
0: sure so then you um you ended up joining a gym somewhere around here in sarasota then
1: so when i worked for lululemon i went to all the gyms all the time they oh, used okay. to pay for us to go to different gyms because basically they're marketing
0: yeah that's true I right so yeah. i would
1: go i went to uh CrossFit Lakewood Ranch is what it used to be at the time. A lot. Right. That's where I met my husband.
0: Yeah. Um. About oh. a year later. Okay. Yes. Yeah,
1: so, well, I met him, and then we were together a year later. Um. So I met him through CrossFit, but at, at CrossFit Lakewood Ranch now CrossFit Lena. Right. Um. Made really good friends with uh Kevin Moore over at Rackstar Athletics right when he opened his gym. I mean, mm-hmm. he was opening it. I got introduced to him, and you know, loved what he did for people right away. His yeah. heart for helping heal people for, um really taking the time to do things the right way and teach people the right way so that they're not getting hurt and avoiding injuries i mean the amount of people he basically you know within his purview rehabbed uh-huh. to to be healthier and their longevity was it was just impressive so that was why i wanted to go Ultimately ended up wanting to work for him.
0: Yeah. Well, let's back up before we talk about your experience with, uh, Rackstar. Let's talk about when it was still Cross at Lakewood Ranch and kind of that era. You said you met Rob through, um, through Cross at Lakewood Ranch. I didn't know that. Yep. So how did that come about? What you guys just like happened to drop into the same class and you're like, it's Who's good. that guy that's from, you know, New York? and? Not even.
1: I, did, really? I didn't really pay him any, never mind. Okay. So I was, when I moved here, I was dating somebody and we moved down here together.
0: Okay. And
1: I secretly had been hoping it would end because it was just not going anywhere, <laughs> but I was too chicken to do anything about it.
0: Oh, well, and Alyssa.
1: it was, oh, I know. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's so <laughs> not me, but, and I did. And so it was awful. It was just, whatever. Anyway. so no i didn't think anything about it but Uh he i met him just casually i didn't honestly even like give him a second glance it was just this nice guy i knew from the gym sure heard that he was going through something with his then wife he was married too Mm
0: -hmm. or he was
1: married i wasn't married but um they ended up going through a divorce Mm -hmm. and i finally had had it with a guy i was dating he wasn't making any forward progress really wasn't making any efforts to establish a life down here i mean he had one friend one uh, friend and was working at uh, UFIT. He had a kinesiology and health degree from University of Miami.
0: Oh, wow. That yeah, actually,
1: great school. Yeah. Great. He had great internships, had a great job up in Ohio working for one of the top, I would say, athletic trainers in Columbus. Yeah. And then moved down here and got him set up with interviews at IMG for the uh, work Scorch mm-hmm. with a gal that I knew that owned Scorch. Yeah. Um, and... He didn't do anything
0: with it. I think the one friend thing, I think, is more of the, the tipping point. The because, telling? Yeah, yeah. because oh, yeah. I think, you know, I'm not saying you got to be, and I was, I trust me, I was not popular in high school, but uh, I also went to an all-male high school, so it's a little bit different for whatever that's worth, but I really think that you can tell a lot. By somebody, by kind of who they associate with, and like what their friend circle is like, right? right. Because that's going to tell you, kind of, usually you have similar values and similar interests, so that'll give you a little cue into, you know, what's going on underneath the hood.
1: Yeah, and and there was just there was no motivation ever.
0: Yeah, ever.
1: So it was okay. It's okay. It worked out for the better. I was going to
0: say, yeah, because you and Rob been together forever. So yeah, it's uh,
1: 2000. We've been married since 2017. Okay. And then we were together two years before that. So, yeah. Oh,
0: even better, yeah. So, and you know, you have two beautiful kids now, and um, that's awesome. But I had no idea that you guys. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought you guys knew each other before you came down to Sarasota. So, nope. That's a look at CrossFit bringing people together, and he
1: snagged me right from. Well, that was the thing. So I broke up with this guy, mm-hmm. and I said, I'm gonna be single for a year. I'm gonna do me, <laughs> right? I'm just gonna do whatever. I'm gonna travel. I'm gonna have fun.
0: I'm gonna do me, right?
1: That's exactly right. And I yeah. really thought I was really. Felt really empowered.
0: Yeah. For two
1: weeks. <laughs> for
0: two weeks. <laughs> How was that you doing you? You can't even go through a couple pints of uh dazs or Ben and Jerry. Man, in that no, time. I did like I... the
1: breakup tour of Sarasota, like yeah. I was going out to all the clubs, having a great time. Yeah. I was not as cool as I thought for the record. Like I really thought I was gonna go out and be like, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna live it up. Like I'm gonna be so cool and hot. Yeah. No, it was no, it was actually pretty painful and pathetic.
0: That's bold though too. It's funny because you hear you hear quite a few stories of like people that meet at crossfit and then they end up together and married and all that stuff but it's bold to like date somebody in that in that community right because you know crossfit for a lot of people ends up being sort of like your community outside of outside of work right like you have kind of your friends community and then it starts to blend with whatever crossfit gym you go to and that becomes your social circle so to be able to like take that risk and then be like hey let's marry the two worlds literally it's like Ballsy, so big props to Big Rob. So yeah. that's awesome. And then, you know, like you said, now you've got two kids who are remind me, uh, Malen,
1: Malen and, and, and Brody,
0: and Brody. And they're you said almost five. And how and old three is three and a half? Three and a half. That's awesome. And I forget, I forget yeah. how
1: little he is sometimes. He's just always <laughs> oh, just so smart. That's yeah. But you forget. Yeah, he acts really smart, but he's still three and a half.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, um, so then help help us out. So you're working at Lululemon, and then when you ended up marrying Rob and you guys got together, did you stay at Lululemon or or what was your where'd you go after Lululemon?
1: So we actually we were together, and he it was kind of crazy. Like I had never I had been working two jobs since I was almost fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and he was he said, "Hey, you don't have to work. You stay home, take care of me, whatever." I went, "Really?" I don't know what to do with that because I've I've worked so hard for forever. Yeah. So I took a year off. Really. Between I left Lululemon and mm. would stop working, and then I started working for his company. Um, at the beginning beginning of 2018. Okay. Yes. So I ended up kind of out of necessity stepping into the administrator role. Um, okay. For his company, and it it was fine. It was a lot of work, and and about a few months later, I found out I was pregnant with Malin. So that was wild, but uh. <laughs>
0: what was it like for that year off? Because I think um, we live in a society now where a lot of people identify themselves by part of what they do for work, right? So like, which yes. is a big component of that. So then to go from like you said, you've got a lot of hustle, you got a lot of work ethic, you've got a lot of intrinsic motivation for then to just take a step back for a year. Was that was that a nice break? Did you get a little squirrely? Like, tell us a little bit about that.
1: I need the autonomy. Like yeah. I need the independence and my own autonomy. Like I, I need that.
0: Uh-huh. And so
1: I learned, I've learned that about myself a lot in the last five years because having kids, I stayed home for the most part with the kids and I worked from home. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only this year that I jumped back into a regular workforce, right. Working for my husband for the past yeah. four years. Um, but no, I, it was weird. It was weird. And yeah. I got, into, I mean, I didn't get into trouble, but you know, what do you do all day?
0: Yeah, work be- out.
1: You work out. You have fun with your girlfriends. You're going to brunch. You're doing things like that, and that was a lot of fun, yeah. especially for like a 28, 29 year old, right? Oh yeah. Um. So it was re- that was fun, and there's definitely I definitely could have been using my time a lot more wisely.
0: There was no judgment with that. It was just. Oh more no, of just not at all. No, no i no.
1: yeah. when you know, when I talk about it, and I think about that time. I think about how much better I could have done things.
0: <laughs> well, listen, you're in a great spot now. I mean, yeah. cause we'll we'll eventually get to where you are currently, but you have such a cool journey. I want to keep going down if that's okay. So, um, so then you did re-enter the workforce, uh, with, with Rob's company. Um, and then you ended up, um, obviously giving birth to Malin. And then, um, when did you end up getting hooked up with Rackstar as, as a member? When, when did that start? Honestly,
1: I think I really, I popped in a lot. So I, I would have never called myself a member before, Oh, okay. but I was there, uh, I used to pop in all the time and because I was friends with Kevin, it would just be like, Hey, I'm gonna come in this day or whatever and I'd come in like two or three times a week. And Kevin's um, so
0: cool that he's like, Hey man, yeah, sure, hop on yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and of course like I I'd pay him or whatever, but it was Right. Yeah, but it was just like I didn't sign up for a membership because I was not I I wasn't consistent, which was kind of if you look at me and my CrossFit journey up until this past two years mm-hmm. has been kind of the downfall of my progress in CrossFit because I just never was consistent.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but then I would say I became a member really when I was pregnant with Malin. Oh, okay. Um, I started showing up a lot more. I really needed that group fitness because uh, it was just going through the pregnancy with her was tough. We weren't necessarily ready
0: to be having kids yet. Yeah. And it
1: just kind of happened. And so I was working through stuff. Rob was working through stuff. And I needed my fitness. Sure. And so Kevin was really good about working with me, especially being pregnant.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, Rackstar is an awesome gym, you know, because you look at the coaching's really good. The pro- I like the programming, too. I think. Yeah. But more than that, I think the community is really solid because it's a lot of it's a lot of like professional aged people, yeah. like between. I don't know what would you say the average demographic. The average age is probably like twenty eight to like mid forties, give or take. I you would know? say it go
1: yeah, it ranges there. I would say our, our late twenty yeah, late twenties.
0: Yeah, there's and a very
1: there's a very small group of younger.
0: Correct. Yes, but for the most part, though, it's mostly people that are like looking at. Long term fitness, and right. they don't really, yes, they care for themselves about like, you know, uh, Rackstar uses the level method, so color coded to your skill level, right? A lot of people really enjoy, you know, leveling up their skills and doing the best that they can. But if they don't get burpee ring muscle ups, they're not going to get really salty about it, right?
1: The idea is that everybody's doing the same, has the same stimulus. Yes. Right at their skill level, mm-hmm. which is what the nice thing is it's not a CrossFit gym anymore.
0: Right. It's Rackstar athletics. athletics.
1: Right. And the idea is more of a functional fitness for mm-hmm. longevity because at the end of the day, like you have one body and right. if you keep just beating <laughs> the, you know, out of it. Mercilessly. Yeah. Over and over again, it's going to turn on you. Right. And so, and like, and i have a great example of that. Like we were just talking about that when I came in.
0: hundred percent. Well, yeah. And I did CrossFit for 10 years and it's like, it was eventually time to just kind of hang it up. Yeah. So like I,
1: I love popping in. I love doing it. Yes. But what I'm doing is actually helping my overall cardio too. So mm-hmm. I will, I'm sure we'll get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then, um, so then when did you start to transition into, into coaching at all? Because, uh, with gymnastics or CrossFit, like when did you kind of enter, enter less of a member and more of a, a coaching role? Help us out with that.
1: So Last year, Kevin actually approached me uh, and asked me if I had, would ever consider coaching for him. And in my heart, I had been wanting to ask him that for years. Why so, didn't
0: you? Because you're, you're a good coach. Because I
1: wasn't consistent. I wasn't okay. showing up consistently. Um, and I had been a gymnastics coach off and on since I was 14. Right. I mean, I started coaching gymnastics young. Uh, was right. my you were first still job.
0: involved even here in Lakewood Ranch area, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Now I coached here. When I moved here, I was coaching at, uh, across, uh, Lakewood Ranch Gymnastics. That's right. Um, I think for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I took one of my kids, you know, after I had my kids, I took some time and then, uh, started coaching again. And then it's just, I couldn't, I couldn't make it all work with my kid's schedule. But if I could say, if I could make a really good living on coaching gymnastics, I would do it hundred percent.
0: Oh, I bet. It's the
1: most fulfilling job outside of being a parent
0: yeah. that I've ever had. What age level were you coaching at for gymnastics? I've
1: coached all age levels.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I've coached everything.
1: I would say my sweet spot is probably like the six to probably 13 year olds.
0: Okay. Still kind of young enough that they can kind of bounce back from any. But it's snatchers.
1: like, yeah, like anything like that. But what, what I loved was the girls that came there just to have fun and like i could give them a fun time mm-hmm. now i really love the ones that i could really nourish and mm-hmm. nurture to go up to team that sure. was fun because you can spot them right away you know, when right. know who's going to do that but i love the ones that were there to have fun and were so excited that they were going to see the coach that gave them a fun time for one hour a night one day a week you know what i mean mm-hmm. that was their time and that was what i lived for
0: that's awesome yeah and then um so are you still currently involved with gymnastics or I know you got a lot of stuff going on right now. Or- no, I, no, so okay. my kids
1: are in gymnastics so we just recently switched gyms. So they're at, uh, Evo gymnastics now, Oh, okay. which I'm kind of excited to see how that pans out. Cause I think Brody is really going to do well under a men's in a men's program. Yeah. I would really love to see him progress.
0: Cause a lot of, yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, a lot of gymnastics programs are more female oriented as soon as you hear gymnastics that's like you think of women's gymnastics for the olympics you think of all the gymnastics gyms here as a lot of you know girls and then eventually growing up to to be women in the sport right but a lot of a lot of female dominance in that sport Mm -hmm. um well that's great so then you got approached by kevin to potentially coach so then at that point did you have your l1 or usaw or what what
1: so what he's like you need to get a certification like well tell me you Let me know what's going to behoove me to have, like, what is going to serve me best to have here. And it honestly didn't come about. We didn't really figure it out because I've been in the industry so long. I know form. I know how to coach everything else. Right. Just Olympic lifting. We had a (laughs) coaches meeting where we had to coach each other on something we didn't feel comfortable coaching. Yeah. I'll be darned. I picked the hardest Olympic lifting movement of a snatch and decided I'm going to teach everybody to do that. It was brutal
0: oh yeah i was so
1: bad i mean if i could have if if you could just visualize me falling on my face and dragging across the ground that was me trying to teach a snatch
0: how are you as an athlete with olympic lifts because you know much
1: better after i took a course
0: well yeah (laughs) obviously but what uh what about like when you were gearing up when you were transitioning yourself from More, uh, you know, fitness competitions into the world of CrossFit. Obviously, gymnastics was strong. You had a decent strength background, but then, you know, Olympic lifting is a very obviously very different style than like bodybuilding, powerlifting style. There's a lot of like, ironically, power development, force development, and then also a lot of heavy on the technique part of it, right? So, how did you do as an athlete with Olympic lifting? Were you a strong lifter?
1: So, actually, I am stronger now than I've ever been.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Which is,
1: I, and like I said, after I took that Olympic lifting course and under, really started to understand the dynamics and, mm. um, d- well, just where your body's supposed to move in relationship, <laughs> right, to this bar and everything, it clicked with me. It all made so much more sense. And because of the body awareness that I have from gymnastics and the how relevant the movements in Olympic lifting are to gymnastics skills, in a lot of ways, I mean... You think about how close a lot of the movements on a bar are, you know, any skills on even bars are compared to how the bar path goes with wow. a barbell. You know, so there's a lot of real similarities and ways to uh, really draw your focus back into it. So this last year, that's all to say <laughs> that this last year, um, I, I've gotten much better. Before, I think I muscled through a lot because I didn't understand exactly what it was, what it, where it was supposed to go, how it was supposed to go what I was supposed to do with my arms and legs. I didn't know what to do with my hands.
0: To do Olympic weightlifting right, it's a lot more technical than I think people... Especially, I love CrossFit. I think CrossFit does a lot of amazing things. And I think CrossFit uh, really increased the popularity of Olympic weightlifting as a whole. People know what a power snatch is, what a hang clean is supposed to look like now. A lot of it is due to CrossFit, you know? Right. and um, But it is to do it right is, is very technical. Like, it's not like... You know, just walking up to a bar and just giving it a tug, right? Like it's you got to actually put some pieces together and move everything in a nice coordinated fashion, and not just like lob it up and say a prayer to Jesus that you catch it, right? Yeah,
1: I've done that a few times. Though, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey Jesus, it's me again. Hey, oh, I'm hitting snatches yeah. right now. Yeah.
1: Hey, it's me again. Yeah. <laughs> right, get out of the bottom of this hole, out of the hole.
0: Yeah. So, um, so you like the USAW class where, um, where did you take it? Where'd you end up getting the level one USA weightlifting? I did.
1: I took it at uh CrossFit Bradenton with, uh, Oh,
0: with Rich Lansky. Yes. Oh, awesome. I, I took it, I, I took it way back in residency in Pittsburgh yeah. and same thing. Like it completely changed the way that I, that I lifted and just the way that I thought about like putting puzzle pieces together. And it was, it was really cool. Even though during the course you don't it's funny because people will talk about like going to the USA weightlifting course, thinking that they're going to like just spend the entire weekend working out. And it's like, you spend the weekend. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think I like snatched like 95 pounds to was my top weight that I used yeah, just to work on technique. Right. And it's just like, because it, it's funny because then once you nail the lighter weights, then it's like, oh, now it all makes sense. And you right? just,
1: when you get over the ego of feeling like it has to be heavy or yes. you're not successful, no, this, you know, you, you can do so much more with a lighter weight. And when, as you perfect that, it's going to get easier to do the heavier weight mm-hmm. with better form because your mechanics are right.
0: Oh, hundred percent. It's like a, it's like a golf swing, you know, yeah. like once you hit yep. it just right, you're like, man. I was Donkey Konging this the whole time. Wouldn't right? that have
1: been so much easier? Could I think of all the times I wouldn't have to see you because I was wrecking <laughs> my shoulders doing dumb things? Like, but then
0: we would have gotten so much bonding time, know, right, Alyssa? I know, yeah. and be
1: whining and crying on the table.
0: That's all right. We all enjoy it. So Brandon's As- used to it. Anyway, asking so. why
1: you're trying to torture me?
0: Absolutely, it's my if job. I owe you money? Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: whatever. The um. So after you take the USA weightlifting course, then did I know Kevin does kind of like like a coach's on ramp program, right? Right. I don't want to misspeak on what it's actually called where you know you start to get shadow in- people yeah, yeah shadowing coaches for a yeah, while. yeah exactly how did that go did you enjoy that and was that i mean obviously you're ramped up now or you, or you were ramped up a lot more with with rackstar did you enjoy switching from more of like athlete member to coach because sometimes that could be a difficult transition
1: yeah i do i really miss all my time where i would have been in classes now i spent coaching So that that was a little hard, and and honestly, that was tough over the past year. Mm -hmm. But that like going back to how it was for me coaching gymnastics with little kids, it's like, you know, everybody knows me as the hyperactive, like hyper extroverted coach, right? So when I come in there, I love to give everybody a hug. They know that's what they're getting when they come in with me. They know that somebody's excited. I'm gonna be there. I I am the coach that's also a cheerleader. I know that's not always what people love.
0: But, it's needed sometimes, you yeah. know, there are some people that just need a little, little confidence boost, you know? Yeah.
1: So that's what I loved. So I I loved that switch and being put in that position because it felt like a, a very easy uh, answer just to say, yes, like I should, I think it's a good idea to do yeah. this. Everybody knows me like they're, they're comfortable with me. There's no reason.
0: People are professional there too. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's, um, I think that particular gym, the community that Kevin's built over at Rackstar, it's it's all adults, you know, it's not like kids that are going to snipe at each other and right. like have this like, I don't know, a little petty drama over dumb shit. Right. So, um, and then, you know, you eventually kind of transition. Are you still, I know you're still kind of, as needed, right? Uh, uh, I try art?
1: to when I, when I can.
0: Okay, it's when you more can. More like
1: when I'm available.
0: Okay, so then tell us a little bit about Dow, your current role with Fit Life. So tell us a little bit about you know how that opportunity came about. Tell us a little bit about uh, well, let's just start there. How did how did you even get hooked up or introduced to Fit Life in the position that you're in right now?
1: Um, okay, so the way that I the the position fell in my lap uh, is the best way to say it. I mean, it was the right time, right place sort of situation. I had. Wasn't I wanted to be out of where I was working. I was working at Starbucks part-time uh, just as like a transition into the workforce to make a little extra money. Um, and I didn't want to be there anymore. And I just happened to be looking at my phone and a job popped up. This job looks perfect for you from Indeed. <laughs> and I looked at it and went, well, as a matter of fact, Indeed, this is perfect for me. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's describing the role as someone who's a go-getter, loves to do, you know, marketing, who's when they're passionate, loves to talk to people, yeah, who is, Loves running a team and, you know, creating this good set, you know, whatever. Everything it said, I went, that's me. Like, they need to hire me for this position. And so I had my first couple of interviews and they went pretty smoothly. And the second interview, she's like, you're going to, our VP of marketing is going to love you. You know, we go a conversation. And I get to that meeting.
0: I went through four interviews. Holy crap. Four. Yep. It was terrifying. I, I it was a real nail biter. Why? You you speak so well, you're articulate, you know what you want. Like, what were well, you Well, but
1: why 4 I've never been through a four interview process for a job ever. Yeah. In my uh, life. That is
0: a that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot of time under the hot seat. Too, it but. was.
1: It was. So the third interview, I don't know what happened. I couldn't get a read, and I there was one question <laughs> that I got asked that I I didn't understand how to answer. She kind of asked it a different way, and from then on I just felt like the whole conversation wasn't good and ever, and i was in my head about it and i just and then i felt you do you ever get someplace and you're trying to act more confident than you are and you're you're kind of like proverbial proverbially sticking out your chest like oh
0: yeah you peacock and you yeah your, like, yeah and syndrome. i, I was just,
1: you know i sat there i was like this is not me and so finally i just i caught myself in the conversation because it was a zoom thing oh even tougher oh it was so bad and so i finally just I
0: was like did you watch your whole shoulder and i your, did like, i just language. sat in the
1: chair i slumped in the chair I'm like oh, <laughs> <laughs> So I, I thought I bombed it. I had the worst day and then I had to go coach the next day and it was, oh. and I just was so down and I, my, it was right after my mom had died. My mom died in May and it was after that. And for some reason I have never had such low confidence as I did after my mom died. I mean, not that I would ever say I was very arrogant or or cocky for that matter, but yeah. I've, I've, I've always had, I've always felt pretty confident in what I had to offer. Yeah. Um, and man, after that interview, I just didn't, I was, I just, I was so upset. Well, I get a call the next day and they said, we want to invite you in the in-person interview. It's like the final one. I had to meet with the same person I just had this terrible interview with. So I decided I'm going to try to make the best of this. I go get Starbucks coffee. I was supposed to meet with the owner of the company, <laughs> the CEO of the company and her. Um, and he couldn't make it, unfortunately, at that time. But we've since met. And I'm a huge fan. He's a really wonderful guy, that's unbelievable, awesome. so um, enthusiastic and charismatic about his company and empowering his people. So we'll get to that in a minute. But sure, um, I ended up meeting with a VP of marketing in person. I brought coffees and we talked. And she's like, I feel like I have a new best friend. That's awesome. I know. And so that's what, um, you know, I kind of, I checked in with her uh, afterwards. She's like, I think, uh, she's like, I think I have a new best friend. She Even was, you better. know, like, this has been really great. You're going to hear from me. And I said, well, you know, and I kind of made a joke because Rob, when he gets off calls with his uh, candidates that he's interviewing, you know, hey, you know, if this job isn't for you, then no hard feelings. We'll so... shake hands as part <laughs> of for this. She laughed. She's like, stop it. <laughs> he gave oh, me a hug and left. And I think the next day they offered me the job, like that's informally awesome. offered me the job. And so it was just a really great opportunity. It's a mile from my house. It's 100% a company that I can get behind um, mm. with their mission statement. Uh, you know, they're trying to elevate people and get you feeling good about the way you feel and the way you look. Um, and
0: location-wise, it's, location that- wise, it's um, just because we get a lot of questions on where yeah. where it is. So help us out real quick. Where so we're
1: in the, in the we're in University Plaza right over by Fresh Market uh, next to Orange Theory between Mantra and Orange Theory. It's mm-hmm. the easiest way to describe where we are.
0: Beautiful. And it's right at University and Honoré, right? Yep. So Awesome. So you you get hooked up with this company and you joined um, for the same role that you're currently in now as a community store leader. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. So the community store leader. So basically, um, it's a really it's I said it's fancy for manager.
0: Totally cool. Hey, you know which what? I like,
1: but it's it's a better term for it because what I do and basically what I was brought on to do and it everybody made very clear is my job is to drive traffic into the store, right? 100%, which I agree, right? So they hired me based on the relationships that I built when I was working for Lululemon, who I am out in the community, all the gyms I've been a part of. Right. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I don't know. I like, I love meeting people, making friends. So it was like, I've met all these people over the past nine years of living here that are just perfect for this whole situation. And so sure. as I'm talking through it with them, they're going, yes, we even had somebody who was so plugged into the community. In a long time
0: that's good though i mean now you're able to call upon past experiences for better or for worse and actually make them literally work for you right so yeah. um tell us a little bit about um fit life as a whole is fit life a franchise and then this is one of the locations with the franchise is this like a is this a smaller like um uh, more of a local business that has a few uh, different locations or tell us a little about like the Business organization of Fit Life.
1: So Fit Life is a Tampa-based company. Okay. Um, we have thirteen stores. Twelve of them are in Florida, and one is in Georgia.
0: Oh, cool. Um,
1: we have our culinary center uh, where all of our food is made fresh, uh, never frozen. Is in Plant City. Mm. So we offer what we offer is um, pre-made healthy meals. We have people, um, a special team that. Make sure that the macros are all in line uh, so that they're balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all the food that we try to get. We try to get organic as much as we can. It's not 100%. The meats we get are the top that you can get in commercial commercial great meats. Like we have a lot of, um, I would say, grass-fed, grass-finished beef. I don't know if you know much about that.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, could you explain the difference? Yeah, between... so uh,
1: you, you can get grass-fed beef, mm-hmm. which means that it could have had grass one time in its life.
0: Oh, interesting. That's,
1: that is the that's the standard. Okay. Grass fed, grass finished means that that animal had grass. It was grass fed for the entire duration of its life.
0: Oh wow. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So rather than just checking the box one time, it's like no, we actually came full circle with it.
1: Right. We're it's it's like an its integrity thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our, we do chicken, chicken sausage, chicken bacon for our meals. So our meals end up being a little bit leaner that way and cleaner the meats. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, everything is, is, they try as best they can to find the leanest, best, highest quality ingredients. What we also offer at our store, um, we offer a couple of things that make us unique to some of the other food delivery companies. We have a wellness coach on staff. Um, My wellness coach is unbelievable. She tried to beat the mic to death. My wellness coach is unbelievable. She has a couple of different integrative institute. Um, She has a degree from that. She has all sorts of different i would say alphabet soup behind her name sure but the experience she has and the heart she has for people i call her my healer because she loves to try to help people who have you know um immune disorders uh any sort of like terminal illnesses people who are overweight people who are just you know their their moods not stable any any whatever it is she's got to solve for it Hmm. um she's helping you with the food she's helping you with get supplements she's helping with everything and she loves it so i'm we're lucky to have her but with that's free Really? We offer that as a free service. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And so, do you mind sharing what she's helped helped you out with just as like a, just as an example of what she can do?
1: Um, so we actually have a guy, um, I wouldn't say me specifically, but we have a guy who comes in this way. I was actually kind of hoping to bring him on the podcast and then oh, just didn't okay. coordinate with him well enough. Um, he had it and a terminal, um, or like a fatal, or what would be fatal, I guess, uh, kidney disease. And he, they, his doctor said, you need to lose weight. Like, you must lose weight. Otherwise, this is going to get worse, and this could kill you. Um, so he ended up getting on our meals, and I think in the span of five months, lost like 60 pounds or something. Holy crap. I mean, he stayed very true to it. He was working with a nutritionist, so it wasn't like we were just, hey, we know what to do for you. Yeah. We were working with his nutritionist, and he comes in every day, every, every week, Um, he's like, if it wasn't for your meals, my disease would have progressed. It would have been worse. He goes, but it's, it's at a standstill right now. He said, I'm doing okay. And I tell anybody who will listen about your food. I love that. But yeah, she helps work with him, work nutritionists and we have tons of stories like that.
0: Sure. Now do you, um, obviously there may be some people that have never, some people don't like counting macros. Like, like my wife, she hates measuring out her food. She hates calculating macros. She hates the science behind eating, she wants you to just eat, right? Right. Do you guys – is that something that they help with as well? Absolutely I'm sure you get so a lot of that as well.
1: We have a BIA machine that she does all your readings and does oh, like nice. your test your body fat, your hydration, and your lean muscle mass. And then she's going to calculate your macros from there. Mm. And so she works with you, sets up meal scheduling so that she makes it simple.
0: Easy peasy. Right.
1: She'll help you pick out the meals based on what you like to eat, what you can eat, if you have any food sensitivities. Um, we have a handful of dietary considerations that we list in all of our foods. We have some dairy free options, vegan. Uh, well, I'm sorry, we have one vegan option, but vegetarian. But um, vegan's a
0: whole different world.
1: Yeah, we just, we only make one to cater to that. So I kind of feel bad even mentioning that. But um, <laughs> gluten free and I'm trying to think there's another one right now.
0: Low carb. What about if, uh, like somebody like me? Like I, I actually enjoy weighing my food out because I know. Kind of exactly how i'm fueling my body so it eliminates any variables or like i know that if i gain a little bit too much weight or if i lose a little bit too much muscle mass i can can tinker with that do you have the opposite option where somebody could come in and maybe they are, uh, they know a little bit more about what they're looking for or trying to hit closer to exact macro target. Or is that something that it is a little bit trickier to do?
1: So with people, I would say we, we have a harder time catering to bodybuilders because they tend to have to eat a lot more lean.
0: Uh, gotcha. Um,
1: now we have meals that fit that, but it's it would be more of like an a la carte thing, being gotcha. able to kind of piecemeal things together in order to get some of the, the different, uh, more specific macros like that. Sure. But overall, we're able to do that because people can come in and look and say, Hey, here's what I need to fill. Here's what I need to hit. And we can mm-hmm. set them up with that too. Well, and, you know, they can also see.
0: Yeah. My diet's weird because it is, it's so lean and it's just, there's so much of it. But, you know, for the, for the overall wellness, the overall like wellness athlete, I feel like that's a good option to just not have to worry about. Tinkering with numbers, tinkering with macros, figuring out timing, figuring out how am I going to cook, you know, so many pounds of everything and things like that. And so I think that's a that that's really awesome. So you've enjoyed the um, you've enjoyed the experience so far. Then
1: the company is amazing to work for. I mean, they we've just begun going over our new values as a company. and We're going to to launch them in the new year. Um, And one of the big ones that I keep hearing is empowering empowerment. they really do empower their community store leaders at each store to really dig in with their market, do what that market needs, find, you know, where the holes are and how we can help our partners in the market. Yeah. Um, what is it? Where Where is it they need the help and how can we partner with them to create awesome, these good man. relationships? To also show them like, hey, what we're doing aligns. You know, even if, like we're saying, the bodybuilders might be like the one hole, right, Mm -hmm. Um, where it's a little harder for us
0: to to fill that. It's a whole unique situation.
1: Right. It's a little bit different. But ultimately, we have, you know, like our partners with Orange Theory, our partners with other gyms where the people are just trying to get healthy and feel good. We can do that, right? Because a lot of times yeah. diet is the main element that people are missing because they're just either unwilling or don't have the time.
0: My wife is a perfect example of that. She doesn't enjoy any of that. She doesn't like tinkering. She goes to F45. Yep. She likes that. But yeah, she struggles with, you know, finding the time to meal prep and measure and weigh things out. It's a chore for her. And like, that's perfect. Just be like, hey, I just want to feel like I'm eating good stuff that's going to be healthy for me. It's not be processed crap. And it'll actually make me. Feel better, perform better, and ultimately look better than. And,
1: and and it's good. It's it's they're delicious meals. Yeah, they're they you know it's not you have so many options. I can't give you an exact number off the top of my head right now, but we have tons of options. And then yeah. every quarter we're coming up with new menu items too that we test. We send out to our different regular, um, we call them our hub customers. Yeah, the people that are in there every week, you know, pretty faithfully. But we'll give them the meals to test, and then they send the feedback to our culinary center, um, who do, do spot checks. Frequently on, you know, when they hear different feedback about the same meal over and over again, they check to see where the miss is and the food and try to to fix it. They're always, yeah, always trying to be, they're always innovative, always innovating. Words
0: are hard. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Words so, are hard. But
1: anyway, they're, they're always working to try to make it like the next best thing and the, the t- highest quality that they can offer.
0: So now that you're, you, you've are you you stepped into this role, you are plugged into a market that you've already been networking with forever and then now you're just stepping in uh in a new role what is next for for you and fit life and like what what do you where do you see this going and then that's like i don't know three six nine months or so
1: so the next big thing we have going on is yeah. we're launching um We're launching partnerships with specific gyms in the area um, that are outside, I would say, like our perimeter. So we have kind of a small perimeter because of the way the infrastructure is of Sarasota and Bradenton. It's so hard to get everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for people to get to us, right, unless they're committed to an hour drive. So we offer a couple different ways for people to get food, but we're offering a new one at the beginning of the year. We are going to start looking for partners in the community to have our coolers to act as drop-off locations for the food. So it's something we've done in the past, but this is going to be more of like we have a home delivery option. And this will be packaged by our culinary center. Mm -hmm. And we will be doing... We will be dropping them off. So what that will allow for is for opportunities for our wellness coaches to meet with people at those gyms, or for the people who are having their food picked up at that facility, which is going to then create a marketing opportunity for those gyms to market to the people who are stopping in there to get their food. There's a lot of different ways that this serves everybody, and it's so cool that we're like we've been talking about it. We're getting all the final details, but that's that's my that's our next big step is going to the communities, the places that we haven't been able to reach because. They're just too far. Sure. I mean, and like, and we can get food to them, but it's not, it's not personal. And that's, that's what our company wants is we want to have those personal relationships with the gyms and the partnerships and a partnership is a friendship, right? So if that, what that looks like is, Hey, thanks for taking our food. That's it. Instead of, Hey, thanks for taking our food. And we want to offer this as a service for you when you may not have a new, someone who's helping you with nutrition and helping your, um, your members or your community, your satellite community with their diet and nutrition. Now we're going to offer awesome. someone to help you with that.
0: I think that's great. I uh, that'll be really cool to see, and that'll be cool for for the market, and the network to to explode out. So, well, that's cool. We'll have to keep an eye out. Where where can people uh, find out a little bit more about Fit Life? You, so, well, if you
1: go to um, eatfitlifefoods dot mm-hmm. that will give you. You'll be able to search our menu. You can do your ordering from there. Um, yeah, you can. I would say that's the best bet to go is to go on the website. Perfect. Also, check out locally. We have our local Facebook page, so it's the Fit Life Foods Bradenton. So okay. you can see kind of what we're up to, and we're trying to make sure that that is constantly feeding information with who we're partnering with, where and the events we've got going on. Um, and if you're ever interested, then go on the website and then sign up so you could find out about our events and the specials. So you can try the food. It's always fun. We have a lot of BOGOS that go on and around <laughs> the community, so it's nice to buy one by get two for two for the price of one
0: absolutely well you know what we'll put some of those uh links and everything into our show notes for the episodes so people can go back and click on those but uh but yeah thanks so much Alyssa, for taking the time to hop aboard the podcast tell us a little about your own personal journey your fitness journey and a little bit more about fit life food so thanks again for everything
1: thanks michael i appreciate you having me on i'm really excited
0: hey real quick before you go I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.